and welcome to Second Look. I am your host, Benjamin Green, and this is the show where we pause, take a second look at things going on in politics and culture, and try to integrate them into the rest of our lives. On this show, we're all about having an integrated life, not living double lives, but but being a whole person. And I believe that the more people do that, the better stronger our communities will be and the better we will be as a nation. Last week, I talked about the State of the Union and why I think it's important to watch it. Um, There is an argument to be made that the State of the Union should not exist. It did not exist as... that it should not exist in the form it does today. It didn't prior to Woodrow Wilson and things went pretty well prior to Woodrow Wilson. But... I mean, you know, aside from the whole Civil War, but that was not due to the State of the Union. (laughs) There's a new one. The State of the Union is what caused the Civil War. I expect you to write a research paper on this, seven pages long, and it's due next Thursday. Uh, Anyway, last week I talked about why I think it's important to watch the State of the Union, so I felt like I should give a full disclosure and say I haven't finished it yet. I started watching the State of the Union, but um, my baby girl needed some attention. <laughs> she she was having a little bit of a hard time going to sleep. So, so we turned off the TV, and I have not finished it yet. But um, I do intend to do that. One thing I think was interesting is how quickly it disappeared from the news. Um, it, it really just came and was a blip, and then it was gone again as quickly as it came. The news cycle is moving faster and faster and faster. So today's episode is actually going to miss out a little bit on, um, I guess, SEO it'll miss out on, because today we're going to start our conversation talking about the Super Bowl, which happened on Sunday. Oh, excuse me, the big game. The Super Bowl is a registered trademark of the National Football League. My bad. <laughs> the big game that just happened on Sunday. Um, and and the Philadelphia Eagles beat the New England Patriots. And you might be wondering why on earth we're talking about that here. Because this is a podcast that's not about sports. It's mostly about politics and every now and then other things. Um... Well, I think that sports um, and the notion of professional sports, I think, number one, it supports the conservative worldview. And number two, it is a lens through which we can see how to improve our communities and our nation. Let me explain both of those things a bit more. Point number one. Sports um, support the conservative worldview. Well, that's quite a sweeping statement. Um, What do I mean by that? Well, first of all, I look at being conservative differently than a lot of people who call themselves conservative look at it. Uh, People often talk about being a conservative. I am a conservative. And there is something to be said for that, and I do use that terminology sometimes, but I think the more important terminology is 
conservative as as an adjective uh, um that you are someone who is conservative i i am being conservative in my daily life i think is i i, I think of conservatism more as a disposition i think the notion of conservatism as ideology actually does disservice to the things that conservatism represents. I think that framing conservative intellectualism in the terms of ideology and and things like that is actually allowing progressivism to come in and uh, torque the conservative argument and weaken it. Uh, but that's, I guess, I've talked about it a little bit on the show before. I should probably have... A guest on to talk about that with them. Maybe we'll see about doing an episode like that in the future, but that's not what we're talking about today. So sports, I think, um, they, they support the notion of conservatism as disposition. And there are a few reasons why. Um, first of all, a person of a conservative disposition isn't looking around at the world trying to find problems and then trying to fix them. This is a trap a lot of conservatives fall into, myself included. But that's actually not a conservative way of thinking about the world. A conservative way of thinking about the world is looking at the world, finding what's good, and trying to preserve that at all costs. So, how does what does that have to do with sports? When you are on the field when the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles were on the field Sunday night, um, they were not going around looking for problems in the game of football and then trying to fix those problems. They weren't out there on the field trying to fix the fact that playing football gives people concussions that have permanent life-altering things. They weren't trying to fix the fact that um, the NFL's viewership numbers are in decline. Those teams went out there on the field to play a game, and they were there, they were grounded, they were in that moment, they were present. That is important and conservative in nature. You're not in your head rationalizing away the experience of the moment. You are you are there in the moment appreciating it and making the most of it. That is conservative. In addition, sports have a clear winner and a clear loser and every now and then a clear tie. There are rules and they are to be followed and when they are not followed people get angry. Conservatives acknowledge that human nature is fixed. Human nature is immutable and um, within that nature we can make changes. We have freedoms within that nature but that nature is not something that changes. There are rules to this life. There are absolutes. Conservatives acknowledge this and, and sports in the same kind of way 
also acknowledge it because sports, you have your rule book and you have referees who enforce those rules uh, if, if all goes well. In sports, you want everyone to have a, a fair shot of winning the game. You want the playing field even for everyone, but you don't want to fix the end result. That's another thing that that is um, something that conservatives like. We want fair treatment for everybody, and surely there is room for disagreement on what that looks like. But, but every person who identifies as conservative should agree that we want every human being treated equally. Um, that is, again, it's respecting of human nature. I've talked about on the show before, people are the image bearers of God, and we need to respect people as such and remember that in our interactions. But, 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 um... The, the point here as it relates to sports is that everyone should have an equal shot and nobody likes sports where the game is fixed. So in, in these and other ways, sports um, are something that conservatives can appreciate and identify with. Now, I enjoy American football. I am not... A maniac for it. I will watch a game and really enjoy it, but I won't be sad if I miss a game. Some people aren't as into sports, but I think that professional sports are actually um, important in the world. Um, it's it's an interesting thing because if you look throughout history, most societies um, had were broken up into classes. And one of the common threads that we see from societies all around the world is that there was a religious class and that there was a warrior class and then everybody else was sorted differently. But many, 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 many societies had religious class, warrior class, and then everybody else <laughs> divided up, however. And I think in modern contemporary Western culture, the sports almost take up this warrior class space. And I think that this is something conservatives should approve of because even if I've shared on this podcast before, I am basically anti-war. I'm not comfortable identifying myself with the anti-war movement uh, because I think they make a lot of missteps. But for all intents and purposes, most of the time, I am anti-war. Even if you're not there with me, even if you are more neoconservative, um, you should, as a conservative, in respecting the value of human life, you should not like war. You should be reluctant. You should dislike war. And so anything that leads to less war should be considered by the conservative um, should be considered to see whether it's good. And if it does lead to less war, the odds of it being considered good are, 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 are good. <laughs> Let me say that again. Anything that leads to less war should be pondered 
to see whether that thing is good. And if it does, in fact, lead to less war, then chances are people will see it as good. And if they do that, that's a good thing. (laughs) And I will just move on. So having this notion of the sports replacing the warrior class in our society, I think is a positive. People get excited about uh, good hits in football. I'd much rather them being excited about good hits in football than bombings in the Middle East. I think that it's a, a good way for us to turn our attention as people. But even setting aside that kind of weird argument, modern professional sports, they exist in localities. And during the Olympics, we have a full national team. But here in the United States, there are all these regional teams across all the different sports. Or if we go down to the college level, there there are so, so many different colleges. I think this is good and this is conservative too. Conservatives should oppose centralization. Centralization is not natural. I believe it is not how we were intended to live on this earth. I believe that we were intended to be decentralized. We were supposed to fill the earth and and fill it with good things, not all contribute toward one central thing. The way I look at it is is like a forest. In a forest, you have tons and tons of different species of trees. And then in addition to that, you have mosses and grasses and maybe shrubs and, and all these things. Would it not be more efficient for a forest to just grow one giant tree? Well, yes, but that's not natural. The natural thing to do is to fill the forest with lots of individual trees flourishing together. And I think that's how we were designed to live our lives. We were designed to spread out, decentralized, decentralize, and then make the earth good together in a decentralized way. Um, so, so sports teams, each team has its own regional fan. And conservatives, in their liking of decentralization, uh, should, should be happy about this. We have different fan bases. And it's funny because this year's Super Bowl was represented by two fan bases from the Northeast. Uh, and a lot of people I know didn't know who to root for, myself included. I didn't want to root for either team, and it turned out I didn't root for either team. I didn't end, end, ugh, excuse me. I didn't end up watching much of the game. I just watched the last few minutes. That was enough for me because I didn't really have a stake in it at all. If the Arizona Cardinals had been in, you better believe I would have been watching the whole game. But this this regionalism i think is also good and and also conservative we don't want every single person in the whole country to be a seattle seahawks fan other than the fact you know th- this is completely setting aside the fact that the seahawks are terrible um we don't want everyone in the country to be a denver broncos fan that's not that, that wouldn't be good. It wouldn't support the, the natural human diversity. It would require people to live in lockstep. And conservatives don't want that. Conservatives want 
conservatives like humanity and we want humanity to flourish and pursue the good things, but not pursue those good things in exactly the same way as everybody else. So that's just a few reasons why I think sports um, are supporting of conservative ideas and, and conservatism as, as a disposition. But I said also that I think that sports shine a light on some of our problems in local communities and some of our problems as a nation. And this goes back to what I was just talking about a second ago about the regionalism. I think sports show us that that it's good to have regional levels of things. I don't believe that it's good to have one strong federal government over 330 million people. I think we need our states, we need our counties, we need to have our own region that we identify with because let's just face it, I am in Arizona, it is February, it was 90 degrees yesterday. There are other places where it won't be 90 degrees in July. <laughs> and in July, it'll be like 150 degrees here. No, but, but there are so many differences in our places across the country, whether we're talking about our, our climates or our cultures. There are differences between us. And those differences need not necessarily be eradicated. In some cases, they should be celebrated and supported. And I think this is true politically, too. We don't want, it would not be good for anybody to have every elected official in this country be a Republican or a Democrat or even, yes, you libertarians. It would not be good for this country if every single elected official were a libertarian. We we need that diversity. And so sports, in the way they kind of cause us to identify in a regional way, unless you're one of these people who just picks a random team and that becomes your team for your whole life, for the most part, people tend to root for the team where they live. Um, and and that that line of thinking grounds us in our local communities and actually makes that stronger. Just look at the city of Philadelphia. I, I cannot stand the, the character of the, the fan base of the Philadelphia Eagles. That was my big reason for not, not rooting for them over the Patriots. I don't like the Patriots either, but, but the Eagles, you know, I like Nick Foles and he is a fellow Arizona wildcat. So naturally people might have assumed that then since I don't like the Patriots and I like Nick Foles, I would root for the Eagles, but I just couldn't do it. I think the Philadelphia Eagles have the worst fan base in the NFL. The throwing beer cans and batteries and, and who knows what else, and the climbing up light poles and tearing them down. I, I can't stand that sort of thing. But guess what? I don't live in Philadelphia. 
They live there. It's their city. It's their team. And they celebrate the way they see fit. And I hate the way they celebrate. And I think it's bad for a number of reasons. But they don't have to care what I think because I live all the way across the entire country and we can just live our lives and and mind each other's business in the same way as we're talking about the, the fan base and the sports. It's true for the government, too. There's all sorts of stuff happening in the Arizona state legislature that's totally irrelevant to the Pennsylvania state legislature. They don't need to worry about water rights of the Colorado River, and we don't need to worry about whatever's going on in whatever forests they have over there. I don't know. But, but we can just enjoy the differences between us and admire them from afar or or criticize them from afar without being intermingled. And I think that's good, too. As far as that problem is concerned, I don't think you are surprised to hear me talk about the the goodness of federalism. I love federalism. I think it's a genius principle that we really need to come back to. But I kind of wanted to point this back to your local community and the decisions that they may or not be making. And this is where I said professional sports point us to the problems in our nation and also the problems in our local communities. One of the most angering things to me about professional sports is that Big organizations such as the NFL and the NBA and and also big media corporations like ESPN use sports to funnel wealth out of local communities into other places. Let me elaborate on that a little more. When you buy a ticket and go to an NFL football game, a lot of that money leaves your city. So here in Arizona... The Arizona Cardinals play at University of Phoenix Stadium, which is actually in Glendale. And when you buy a ticket to go there, some of your money does go to the city of Glendale. Some of your money does go to the Arizona Cardinals, but a lot of your money goes to the NFL. A lot of it ends up going to ESPN or Fox or whoever might be broadcasting the game. And then the advertisers who pay for the broadcast of that game in addition also give those companies more money. So your money is not going to ex- not going exclusively to your team or the city they play in. And I don't think it needs to go exclusively there, but I do think the degree to which the money then leaves the city is often ignored. Uh, and as I was just talking about how these teams become part of a community and they strengthen those community ties, that's all great, but we should back up those community ties, put put our money where our mouth is, I guess, and, and not be sending all of our money to one to, out of our community for the sake of sports. In addition, one of the greatest... Um, 
I'll call it a racket, and that's just in colloquial terms, not legal terms. I am not a lawyer, nor do I wish to be one. Uh, but but I, it, it's really a racket the way that these stadiums get built. So let me point you to Glendale, for instance. Glendale has two big stadiums, a big football stadium and then a hockey stadium. And the city of Glendale gave away these huge tax breaks and things and even financed part of the construction of of these stadiums. That is an investment that the city of Glendale will never get back. And this is a story that is being told over and over and over again in community after community after community across the country. Teams are using local cities to get new stadiums then they just leave their old stadium empty to rot and then they get their brand new stadium at a fraction of what it should cost them and it, that is something that the city will never financially recover from the insane amount of cost that goes into building these buildings should be covered by the teams themselves or by, you know, their their overseeing entity, the NFL or the NBA. Local communities should not pay for these stadiums. I don't think it's bad for local communities to pay for, you know, a stadium if they have a team. Um, but let's be honest, if the town were coming together and saying, here's the amount of money we have, Let's build a stadium that fits within that budget and that will also generate us enough revenue to pay for the necessary repairs for this stadium over the next 40 years. If they were being built that way, I would be fine with it. But they're not being built that way. What it's being built like is the teams come and they say, we don't like where we're playing. We're not able to compete with the other teams because they have better facilities. We need better facilities. So you better make it happen or we're going to take our money to the town next door. All the while, they go over to the town next door and say, if you give us this and this and this and this and this and this and this, then we will bring our team to you. And it'll be great for you because you'll have this team and you'll get sales tax revenue and you'll have all this stuff. Not mentioning that all the stuff that they've demanded is too expensive for that city to ever reasonably expect to recoup. It is a racket. It is a real problem. There are empty stadiums all around this country. And then the ones that are filled are bankrupting the cities that they're in. That is going to lead us into next week's topic. Next week's topic is going to be about our cities and what makes a, a city a good city, how we should run our cities. So here's your homework between this week and next week. You have two options. Option number one is look into the stadiums of your favorite teams. See how they were financed. Look into as many details of the deal as you can find and figure out how to get through the legalese. Look into that. See how it was financed and 
if you're not happy about the way it went down, contact someone on on your city council or in your state legislature or, you know, even maybe just um, a, a friend of yours who lives in that city where the stadium is. If you don't live there, just contact someone. Let them know you're not happy. Let them know why. And, and then on the other end, if you don't like that option, here's your other option. Look at your city. Look at your town as you're going about your daily life through the next week. And take a guess as you're driving down a road. Take a guess if that was a financially profitable road for the city to pave. As you're walking into a business, take a guess on whether or not that business is a financially productive business for your city. Think about that in the back of your mind for the next week, and we will see you right back here next week to talk about it. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. As I said, my name is Benjamin Green, and special, special... Thanks to all of you who rate this show in iTunes with five stars. That helps us gain exposure and grow the Outset Network of podcasts. If you want to listen to the other podcasts on the Outset Network, visit outsetmagazine.com slash podcasts. I am super grateful to be a part of the Outset team. You can find me on Twitter at BGreenAZ if you want to carry on the conversation about anything in today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time.